Hey, I'm Phil. And I'm Chris. We are two dads who share one simple goal, to be better fathers to our kids. And that involves more time together with our families. More books, more movies, more board games. And most importantly, more meals together. And if we're going to spend more meals together, we need to be better cooks. So this is us trying to figure that out. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. You know, we're just across the hall from him right now, and he's a little fussy right now, you know, with his oxygen on. To get him cleared to take it off, we have to do like this overnight O2 study, and he's doing that again tonight. So this is his third time, and last time he was really close to passing. So fingers crossed that he passes this time. So he does not like having that sensor on his foot though. If he's crying, that would be why. (laughs) Poor little guy. Yeah. I don't know. The whole oxygen thing sucks. Has he kept all his hair? Oh yeah. No, it's like crazy long. None of it has fallen out. So kind of hoping it all stays still. Well, somebody had a baby. It wasn't me. My wife did. I wasn't pregnant. She was. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know what you guys, how you guys approached that. That was just one of the yeah. things where it was like, oh, are you guys pregnant? No, no. Do I look pregnant to you? I don't know if I ever gave it enough thought. I don't know. Minor, minor pet peeve, I guess, is what that developed into. But yeah, we did. We've got a little kiddo. So still in well, congratulations. the lack of schedule, sleepless nights. Some days are fantastic and others you're barely scraping by mode, but it's good. He is absolutely adorable. Well, congrats, man. I'm really happy for you. Thanks, Phil. Thanks. Well, you've had a baby. You've launched a podcast. You've built a deck or you're building a deck. Yeah, it's about halfway finished. What What can't this guy do? Get my child to sleep. No. Now he, he, he falls asleep so quick if you're holding him. Just not on his own. He's, yeah. he's in that phase, which is adorable. I love it. Honestly, like there's nothing better than him just falling asleep on my chest. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite thing in the world. For real. So hopefully I don't sound too tired. And this episode was your idea. So I thought, let's roll with it because I'm kind of ready for you to teach me how to do some meal planning. So here's the thing, Phil, is it was my idea because I wanted to figure out how to do this better. The whole like where to begin thing has always been a little bit of a struggle. A few of our podcasts so far have really kind of focused on taking down some of those mental roadblocks that we've had, at least that I had. The, the thing is that kind of caught me up and then they caused me to feel a little bit lost and not sure what to do next. I, I definitely think that the whole concept and process of, of not just full on meal planning, but also, okay, I'm making dinner on Thursday. What am I going to make? No, I need to go to the store probably to get some ingredients, but how do I pick a recipe? And because obviously I need to pick a recipe before I know what ingredients I'm going to get. So I think, I think there's a couple levels, but one of those first steps is like, just how do we put together a meal concept? And then like taking that a step further to, if you can plan one meal, you can plan several. So you can plan three meals in a week or, you know, I, I don't know if we want wants to mention 
some of the the listener feedback that we've gotten. But there's a dad who has kind of newly found himself in a situation where he has to cook for his kids a lot. And I think some of our listeners might span that gamut from, okay, I'm I'm just going to start diving into this. This is something I want to do and I want to try out. So I'm going to pick one meal and that's where I can start to the dad that's like, I got to figure out how to feed these kids for this whole weekend while they're here or this whole week. I think that that's kind of the foundational place that I was thinking of starting. And, and it's not something that I'm even good at now. Honestly, full-blown, like, I'm going to plan three meals this week. That's still not happening. I think I'm still a little bit more in the phase of, if I'm making one meal, what, what is that going to be? I think part of it's like finding your comfort zone. And I think there are a lot of things that go into that, but I'm definitely more in that phase. And I think we're in a very different space than a lot of other generations where I think back to like how my mom approached things and like her generation, maybe the generation before and maybe the generation before that, they had like these recipe books or catalogs that were passed down. So they had this nice, easy like repository of ideas that they could go to. Yeah, it was like a Rolodex. Yeah. It was like a Rolodex full of recipes. Yeah, it could be that. Or I think at one point, like I think my, my grandmother had this box that had recipes on three by five cards. So since we don't necessarily have that, unless your mom passed that on to you. Yeah, we, we do have one of those and it is helpful. There's some really great recipes in there. However, I think my default is to do some meal planning actually at the grocery store, which is a really flawed approach. But sometimes I just have to be there to, to draw inspiration. Yeah. You know, just like walk down the aisles or walk through the produce. And then inspiration just kind of comes to me. It's not always great inspiration, but I'm kind of a visual guy, so I almost just have to see it to imagine it. But that's often a flawed approach, and I think that's definitely a place that I want to get better. For me, growing up, you know, we had spaghetti one night a week. I I don't think there was a week where we didn't have spaghetti. And it was the same spaghetti. A red meat sauce, al dente, because al dente is cool. We often had hamburgers once a week. Orange pork shops, oddly enough. But yeah, there was kind of a a regimen of the same recipes every single week. And they were really good recipes. They They were enjoyable. I mean, I looked forward to having spaghetti every Tuesday night, but for whatever reason, I think that's kind of changed for us. I mean, like we'll, we'll often do some of the same recipes or the same themes each week. Like Friday night is kind of our pizza night, pizza and a movie. It's fun for the kids, fun for each other. It's easy. It's a good way to cap off the week. Even just going back to your comment about walking down the aisle and and figuring out kind of based on what you're seeing. I don't know if that's a a flawed approach. Maybe that's just like advanced mode. Honestly, like uh, a lot of times Molly does the same thing. Like she might have a, a meal plan put together, but then she's going to adjust that on the fly based on what's on sale. And it's an interesting way to kind of bring in some variety to what we're having. Cause maybe, you know, one day it's the chicken thighs that we're planning on having or scallops or something will be on sale. And so we get something different. That's my wife's favorite food, by the way, uh, scallops. They're, they're one of mine. So delicious. Scallops and mussels. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And we have some amazing scallops here on the East coast, which they're probably even flown in from the West coast. That wouldn't surprise me at all because <laughs> the world is flat, but I'm kidding. You know, I'm kidding, right? <laughs> I don't know. Phil. these days, you never quite know. Oh boy. You never quite know. No, you know, you're a death cat for cutie fan, right? Yes. It's been a while since I've listened to them, you know, but yeah, definitely. 
you know that lyric, I wish the world was flat like the old days where we could travel just by folding a map. I love that <laughs> lyric. I love that song. <laughs> we could travel just by folding a map. That's getting cut. You have to cut that. If that's, you don't cut that, I'm going to cut that. That's the opening. We'll just go ahead and we'll, we'll toss that in the close. Oh boy. It'll just be the close. Uh, yeah. yeah. People yeah. Are like, what is this? What do they do? <laughs> I don't, I don't even worry. know what we do. So Phil, I think it's honestly great that you're at a place where you can kind of on the fly change things up. And to me, it feels like you have made enough meals to be able to walk down the aisle and say, oh, there's this ingredient. And you can go back into that mental Rolodex that you have and say, I can like snag this recipe and that ingredient will fit. So I don't know if it's necessarily like entirely a bad thing. It might not be the most efficient or whatever, but I think it definitely like speaks to some familiarity with cooking. Okay. I think the way my mind works is I want to have a protein, not because it's some like rubric out there that says you have to have a protein with a meal, but I just, I just really like meat. What can I say? So if I'm going to have like a chicken thigh or a chicken breast or whatever, then I really like to couple that with some sort of filler. Maybe that's rice, but I think for me, I, I like to maybe try to be a little bit adventurous. So instead of just doing rice, maybe I'll do couscous, but then there's a piece of me that likes to have kind of like everything just thrown in together into a meal like the sheet pan. And we do sheet pan all the time. Uh, so if you're unfamiliar with sheet pan, you basically take, well, you can really do whatever you want, but we'll often do a meat. It could be chicken thigh or it could be summer sausage, which is amazing. It could be shrimp or whatever. It doesn't matter. And you chop up a bunch of vegetables, say bell peppers, onions, cucumbers, zucchini, whatever. Probably not cucumber. That actually be weird. I think I meant to say squash and no, roasted <laughs> cucumber is one of my favorites Phil. cherry tomato whatever uh sweet potato delicious chop all those up throw them on a baking tray and throw it in the oven 350 degrees 20 minutes or until your vegetables are soft to your liking it's amazing bunch of seasonings and olive oil and all that fun stuff too or we'll do like some sort of asian dish which is often kind of Gathered, if that's a word. Like a bowl. Yeah, we do a lot of bowls as well. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is that I don't know if I really put a, put too much thought into it. I think when I was growing up, there was this idea that you had to have a protein with a vegetable with maybe some sort of starch or I don't know, maybe a fruit, but basically just cover all the major food groups of the pyramid. And I don't know if I'm doing it right or wrong, but full disclosure, I think a lot of my meal planning is less about making sure I'm covering all the bases and more about whether or not I really like the meal. Yeah. If there's something I like, I'm going to make it again. And I think it's just a matter of writing down some of those things that I enjoy or just keeping, like you said, that mental Rolodex of what some of those favorite recipes are. Yeah. And thank God for history, search history, because I'll find a recipe that I absolutely love and then have no idea how to make it. Yeah, I don't know if that was like a generational thing, Phil, but we were very much the same way. I think um, my mother still probably thinks in largely some of those same terms. Like you kind of have to cover all of the basic 
food groups in one meal. So we would routinely have fruit salad or something along with everything else. Kind of my bachelor years were as far away from that as you could get, I think. And then I I don't think it was until I was married that I, I saw like a different way of doing it. Like it being okay to, as, as you're saying, simplify it down to just a couple items. Like you don't have to have a meal with three sides. Like oftentimes we'll have some, some type of protein and a vegetable, what you guys are calling sheet pans. We'll, we'll do the same thing. We'll just roast some type of vegetables with it, with a meat all on, on like a baking sheet. We'll definitely often do chicken that way, or like a sausage. One of, one of our summer things is brats with, uh, roasted fennel all together, but that can be totally it, like a meat and a vegetable. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And my wife working in a bakery, bread is always plentiful, so maybe it's three things: a meat, a vegetable, <laughs> and some bread. But like every meal doesn't have to be Thanksgiving. No, and honestly, I definitely think that makes it harder. When you're trying to plan that many more things to make. Yeah. And I often wonder if maybe sometimes we think, well, we're not a good cook or I'm not a good cook because every meal isn't Thanksgiving. If we do anything with this podcast, this should be this encouragement to say you are a good cook. You're doing everything right. Doesn't always have to be Thanksgiving. In fact, it should only be Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving, you know? Yeah. Honestly, sometimes just getting a meal on the table is success enough, I think. Yeah, taking something that you believe in and saying, hey, I made this for you. Do you want to enjoy it with me? I mean, my kids love that. Even just kind of thinking back to your comments about your childhood, Phil, looking back at mine, we, we didn't always have crazy elaborate meals. Like it, it wasn't always Thanksgiving as, as you would say. My mom did cook with a lot of variety. She always wanted us to have these new things, but I did always look forward to some of my favorites. It always felt like special when those things were made again. So I think kids especially are okay with simplicity. They're also more than okay with repeat meals. One one of the things that I would think in terms of in trying to get your own process down is finding the recipes that, that you like and your kids like and keeping those in some type of, I don't know if a mental Rolodex is going to work for everybody, but a note file on your phone. If you found that recipe online, just keep a link to that recipe. Don't be afraid to go back to it. There's something interesting when you make the same thing over and over, you start to refine that meal, that that process. As weird as it sounds for me, that's scrambled eggs. And I think we can do a whole entire episode on scrambled eggs, but I've been super fascinated with how different it turns out depending on the subtle things that you do in, in the prep. That's a dish that I think offers like a lot of a lot of refinement opportunities. So I think it's it's totally fine to have some of those go-tos. And I know I asked you, Phil, how you go about finding recipes and you're kind of at a little bit more advanced place than I think I am. Don't say that because I'm not. (laughs) Where for me, honestly, it still becomes like a little bit of a struggle. It's like I I can think early in the week that, you know, I want to make something. I just don't know what. And then I get stuck. So honestly, me bringing this up as a topic was as much for my own benefit as anything else, I think. 
Okay. Well, for us, my wife and my children, we will often do breakfast for dinner one night a week because we think it's super fun. You mentioned the eggs. There are so many different ways you can make scrambled eggs. You can throw paprika on the eggs. You can top them with chives. You can put some sour cream in the eggs as you're whisking them together. Obviously, you can put some milk in there or half and half. We'll often do crepes for dinner with those or maybe just waffles or pancakes or something. But breakfast for dinner is like totally a thing for us. And so that's like for sure top of the list. Like we have to we have to do breakfast for dinner like one night a week and then pizza one night a week because pizza is amazing. You love pizza, right? I enjoy pizza, Phil. I enjoy pizza. Yes. Like you're human, right? Yeah. Yeah. Most days. Actually, today, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Today was a rough day, but most days. <laughs> Sounds like you need a pizza. I might. A pizza and a glass of wine. The best. Also, I'm getting old, so I'm starting to experience heartburn with that combo. So, Phil, I actually <laughs> think that the breakfast idea is pretty fantastic because breakfast, it feels attainable. You have a, a slightly more limited set of options, kind of like we've talked about in some of these like creative endeavors. Sometimes you just need some boundaries to work within. And when the sky's the limit, it's really hard to figure out what to do. I know with my job and everything that really holds true. There's this idea that I keep coming back to that creativity flourishes within boundaries. Breakfast provides a lot of boundaries. You, you do kind of have a little bit more of that limited set of options. So you can do some type of egg. You could do toast with it. You could, you could do avocado toast, pancakes, waffles had that this morning a hash of some sort maybe or like a scramble we'll, mm-hmm. we'll do that like a, a little breakfast scramble we'll just kind of throw whatever we have in the fridge into some eggs and that becomes a meal but that's actually like a, a really really great place to start because you can get your arms around that then you can also begin to get creative with that and start to dive into looking up recipes. I was thinking about it today a little bit. It's really easy for me, like with this deck that I'm building, to dive into the research process on that, like thinking about guardrails and how I want to design those. But when it comes to picking a meal, sometimes I still draw a blank. It's like, uh, I don't even know what to search for. It's like you don't have those boundaries set. So starting with breakfast, starting with a known thing, a meal that you know you like, and then finding some recipes for that meal that you really enjoy. To me, that feels like a great place to start. There's this idea that you and I have talked about in the past This idea of the sandbox and you can go to the beach, which I live next to the beach, love the beach. And it can be really difficult sometimes to build a sandcastle directly on the beach. But if you've got a sandbox and you have these parameters, it can be so much easier, even though the sand hasn't necessarily changed or the amount of sand required for this sandcastle hasn't necessarily changed. But just when you're kind of given these parameters, it's it's sometimes just easier because it allows your brain to quantify what you need to accomplish the task. But if you love a meal, say breakfast, and you know you love it, and your whole family loves it, then run with that. Start with what you know and be okay with refining that. When you start to feel like you have that down, you're going to have more space and inspiration to branch out creatively. 
And I think even going back, one of the things that was a struggle for me was, you know, you, you type something into Google and there's so many options, so many results. And it wasn't until I, I found like a few sites that I knew I liked for whatever reason. I, I, I liked the recipes that I could find there. And we'll, we'll put a list of some great resources like that in the notes. But for me, especially early on, it was sites like Epicurious was one that I went to a lot. I love Epicurious. Uh, Food 52. Uh, The New York Times cooking section. Love them. I know my wife loves the Splendid Table. But again, in a way that's kind of similar to the finding your meals vein, sometimes just finding a site or two, narrowing it down to just a couple that you're going to look at is going to help a lot as well. Because if you have a couple sites that you're going to and you're checking, you'll see new recipes pop up. And some of those are probably going to end up sounding good to you. And that could be that spark of creativity and adventurousness that you might need to start to branch out from those tried and true recipes. Okay, I have a challenge for you, Chris, and all of you two or three listeners that might be tuning into this podcast. Open up a cookbook or find one of those websites like you're talking about and then just blindly select a recipe and make it for your family and just do it. I mean, it's probably not going to be published on their website or their cookbook if it's not a good recipe. Just go for it. One thing my wife and I like to do is we'll go to a restaurant and we'll have the server order for us. And it's really fun. It's funny because the the server will be like, well, what do you like? (laughs) Like, that's not what I said. Just go ahead and order for me. Okay. Well, is there anything you don't like? Like, no, just go ahead and order for us. I mean, if it's on the menu, it's probably going to be good. It's only backfired maybe about a dozen times or so. (laughs) Once we went to this French restaurant in Charleston called Rue des Jeans, and it was amazing. But that was the first time I ever had foie gras. I loved it. It, Ours was served with an apricot jam over toast. And I thought it was great. But we got the appetizer and we didn't know what it was. It looked a little bit funny. So we ate it and we ate all of it because, well, we didn't want to offend. And then I Googled it. If you go to a restaurant and just have the wait staff order for you it can be super adventurous and you might fall in love with something like foie gras yeah no i think there's something there is something great about forcing yourself outside of your comfort zone and i i don't know why it kind of reminds me of that julia child movie julia and julia yeah i think that's a fantastic idea that we just open our favorite or our wife's favorite cookbook Or we find one of those food blog resources, pick a recipe, and that's what we make this next week. It's a fun challenge. And if you find yourself making foie gras, don't stop. Just keep going and then enjoy it. Yeah. So if you do pick a meal outside of your comfort zone and go ahead and make it this week, definitely send us your thoughts, send us a picture, whether you're tagging us on Instagram or emailing it to us. Cause I'm sure we have an email address somewhere. We actually do have an email address. You can email us at hello at dadskitchenco.com. I know we say it every single week, but truly we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear some of your fun, funny 
and disastrous stories about stuff that you made and your family absolutely hated. And who knows, we might just feature it. Also, for what it's worth, if you've been kind of following along with the schedule, we do come out with new studio episodes every single Thursday. But every other Tuesday, we have these in the kitchen episodes where Chris and I attempt a recipe and we kind of dialogue it and we need some ideas on what recipes we could be making in the kitchen. So send us an email, hello at dadskitchenco.com or reach out to us on the Insta or Facebook at Dad's Kitchen Co. and give us some ideas. What recipe should we make in the kitchen? Yeah, Phil, I really like the idea about it not just being about us, but more of a community. And, and yeah, we joke about only having two listeners, but we have maybe four, maybe. Because we listen yeah. to the show too, right? But no, we actually have heard back from a couple of people. And it's, yeah. it's honestly great to hear that there are some of you out there that are connecting with, with where we're at in this and are kind of wanting to jump in there with us as we try and figure some of these things out a little bit better for ourselves. So we really do appreciate all of your feedback. It, it means a lot to us and look forward to hearing more and seeing what all of you guys are making. Solidarity, brother. Well, thanks, Phil. Thanks, Chris. This was fun. It's always fun. Yeah. You make it worth my while, that's for sure. Oh.